there, I'm Dr. Amy King, otherwise known as Dr. Amy, and this podcast is the most important medicine. If you're a professional who wants to have a greater impact in the lives of children and families by building resilience, this podcast is for you. Join us to become a trauma-informed champion by nurturing connections through relational health to help kids and families thrive. Every time you join me, you'll hear practical information and leave with tangible tools you can use every day. Hey friends, it's Dr. Amy. And if you've been listening to the podcast for the past few weeks, then you know we've been going through the process of renewal and rebranding. As I become clearer on my audience and who my listeners and learners are, it's become really evident who I want to continue to serve and reach. We need a group of champions who are dedicated to building resilience and nurturing and supporting families. And so we're on a mission to do just that here. The last couple of weeks, we've talked about the rebranding and we've talked about why we're shifting from healthcare only to also other folks who are dedicated to nurturing the lives of children like educators, speech and language pathologists, occupational therapists, early childhood providers, home visitors, and early Head Start visitors. All of you who create this incredible village and community who support the lives of kids and families. Of course, we'll still work with healthcare providers, but because we know that a village is really about all of the people who help kids and families thrive, we're literally creating that village. So last week, if you remember, we dove into circles of support. If you didn't get a chance to listen to that podcast episode, please go back and grab that. And we really want to build those villages for kids and families and identify where you might be on their circles of support and ways you can help grow their circles, expand, create other deeper layers of connection and support. Well, this week, I want to continue talking about how you can be a part of a community. Really think about it like building your own circle of support. It's called the Connected Collaborative because how the heck are you going to continue to be supportive helpers and healers for kids if you're not being taken care of as well and getting support and being part of a community? So some of you may not know this, but in addition to doing my podcast, there are a couple of different arms of my business. One is creating these beautiful communities of connection with other like-minded professionals called the learning collaboratives. I have learning collaboratives for physicians and other healthcare professionals. Those run about three times a month right now. And we also have learning collaboratives for leaders in early childhood education and in education. We have collaboratives for behavioral health consultants and mental health professionals. We have learning collaboratives for other educators and early childhood professionals. Um, All of my learning collaboratives are called the Connected Collab, aka connection and community. We're emphasizing building connection and being in community in a collaborative way. So I want to dive into a little bit of the research on learning collaboratives for professionals who are in these helping and healing spaces just like you. There's actually a ton of research about reflective supervision, relational leadership, and being part of a community group. To grow into relational leaders and to grow and learn as professionals, being part of a group with whom you can reflect, get feedback, share resources, and gain support is critical for your growth and development. There's also a lot of research that shows that it prevents burnout. In fact, if you go back to one of my previous episodes with Dr. Bruce Perry, which I can link up to in the show notes, he's a renowned expert on trauma. He's also a physician 
And he points out that every professional should be part of these types of groups in order to mitigate their own secondary stress and trauma and prevent burnout. In recent work that I've been doing with learning collaboratives and in the work that I do in my connected collab, what we found is that if we take care of people's primary needs like emotional safety, addressing incivility, responding to resource needs and creating a trauma responsive environment, then people are able to do their jobs better because their core needs are being met. In fact, there's a group that I'm working with right now, a bunch of early educators here in Oregon, who've decided that they're using these connected collabs as a way to retain and recruit early childhood professionals, being able to say to them, hey, when you join us, you get to be part of this ongoing community where we're gonna make sure that you have a ton of support with a qualified expert who can give you a lot of resources and guidance. So. When I recently asked a group about a learning collaborative that I'm running and what they loved, one of the things they said was, this is so valuable and important for people working with families to have this type of, type of training and support. If we want to see a shift in our society, we have to shift our approach. I can see it and I can feel it. And what they said, which was so touching to us, is that Dr. Amy and her team are helping professionals like me understand how to be more impactful in my work and in my own life. Oh my gosh, it was so heartwarming to me. It's really the power of being part of these groups and being part of community that's truly amazing. When you can be part of a supportive community, you really look forward to what's in it, the people, the resources, the shared expertise and the guidance. I have physicians that I work with, for instance, who literally hold questions about patients or other professionals um, in between our meetings, or I'll have other professionals email me in between groups, anticipating being together until the next collab. And they say things like, I knew you would know what to do, or I wonder how others are going to handle this, or can we just talk for a little bit and figure out resources for such and such? Well, topics like how others are handling these issues, such as increased rates of suicide, teen depression, overdose, drugs, mental health questions, concerns about bullying or complex behavior. All of these things, when we tackle it in a collaborative environment with other professionals who have their own tools and scripts and ways that they do it, it just provides such a plethora of resources. It's such a cool space and community that we create. It's first of all, embracing the three pillars that I talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's trauma-informed, it's vulnerable, and it's about being fully human. And we get to be in this incredible space together and practice all three of those pillars on a regular, consistent basis. You know, I gotta tell you, I'm a psychologist for Pete's sake, and I've provided lots of therapy and I've run groups, and this is light group therapy in some ways. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that this is a replacement for therapy should you need that or group therapy um, for a specific need. I'm saying it feels like therapy in so many ways. And remember, you don't have to be in therapy to do something therapeutic for you. It's a group of buddies who are committed and curious the same way you are to bettering the lives for themselves and of their patients or their students and who also struggle like you to understand and increase awareness and simply need some more extra resources or support. So this is what happens. We gather monthly, we have these learning collaboratives called the Connected Collabs. If you're a healthcare professional, you get CME for attending. If you're an educator, we can provide you certificates of attendance. And that's just icing on the cake, really, because 
What's really happening in the connected collab is the community. That's the magic of being together. But if you're curious, let's talk about the format of the connected collabs. And again, I want you to think about this like building your own circle of support. So usually myself or another facilitator on my team starts with a short didactic. It's just a brief lesson or a reflection on research or sometimes new information that's helping us understand issues that are pressing either in your profession or with the population you work with. There may be new research in a specific area, for example. And then what we do after we have that brief didactic and answer some questions is that we dive into ways to build resilience. It might be tools people are using or help others need or want. Um, how to maybe talk to patients, how to connect with students, how to talk with families or parents about a particular issue. And then after that, it's simply a lot of sharing, open session and consultation. I want to share with you some of these topics that we've touched on in various learning collaboratives this past year. I want you to listen and see if any of these topics would be relevant to you. And if being in the community of supportive colleagues that talk about these topics would be your jam. Here are some things I'm talking about. This past year, we've talked about managing complex behavior. Oh my gosh, if there isn't a topic that's more timely, it's how complex students' and children's behaviors are lately that are presenting to you in home visits, in your classroom, in your office, if you're a health professional. But it seems like behavior has never before been so complex. And there's lots of reasons for that, which we dive into in our learning collaboratives. But we talk about mental health issues, we talk, to, we talk about ways to speak with kids about anxiety or depression. Um, we talk about really tough things like suicide and suicidality. And sometimes we discuss just how to listen better to the people that we serve. We talk about how to prevent people we work with from experiencing further trauma or re-traumatizing folks. We discuss how to talk to a parent who's experienced trauma. We discuss culturally sensitive parenting programs and resources. We grapple with abuse reporting at times. We discuss teacher safety and how teachers feel or parent educators or family advocates feel when they're going to do home visits. We discuss sexual abuse, the intergenerational trauma, how to break intergenerational traumas. We discuss our own self-regulation and feeling expression. And we also build on resilience. I could go on and on, but if this seems like topics that you're grappling with in your practice or in your profession, if these are interesting to you and you could use a community of other like-minded professionals, I hope you reach out and join one of our connected collabs and find out how and why this is a great fit for you. In the connected collaboratives, you come for free the first time. It's just to see if this is really a community that's for you. So we meet several times a month. As I mentioned, we have learning collaboratives for physicians and healthcare professionals, behavioral health consultants, early childhood educators, educational leaders. But let me give you a couple of examples of the upcoming months. So in September, we're gonna talk about maternal mental health. Um, so some of you might be enticed to learn more about that topic. In October, we're having a guest speaker. Um, his name's Dr. Joe Sherman. He's going to come in and talk to us about self-compassion. He's a coach and a pediatrician, and he's just worked all over our world. He has a plethora of information. Ugh, we need so much more self-compassion right now. We would love to have you. We would love to have you just try out one of these collaboratives. And then after that, it's a membership model. I'm really transparent about that. But I think this membership model offers so much more than whatever membership you may currently belong to. 
Think about that for a second. I was kind of listing my own memberships that I belong to right now. Netflix, uh, Spotify Premium, Amazon, a gym, a wine club. I promise you, though, the Connected Club is going to bring you so much joy for your personal investment. Again, you could think of it like therapy. It's definitely therapeutic. And let's be honest, I know how much it costs for therapy. Well, the Connected Club is a monthly meeting. And by the way, we record it every month. So if you can't make it, I'll send you the recording link. You'll also get a brief summary every month that we call the monthly gems. And in it, it has all the links to articles your other colleagues have mentioned, talks, books, classes, et cetera, that people are sharing. And then if that's not enough, we throw you into this online portal resource. It has a recording of all of our previous meetings, all of our videos, scripts, interventions that help kids and families, a YouTube channel. I also try to purposefully take time and create content when there are major events happening in our state or in our country. For instance, there are videos in the portal about how to handle school shootings and how to talk to children and parents, um, how to discuss political upheaval, how to talk about COVID. Um, I try to be as in touch and sensitive and responsive to those events as they're occurring as I possibly can. And you can always go back into the portal and access, access any of those as long as you remember. It is chock full of valuable tools, hours and hours of library and resources, videos and scripts that are enriching. We all have lots of resources for articles, books, information, a whole bunch of things that other people share. And here's what will happen. You'll come for all of that content because it's so rich, but you'll stay for the community every month. Regarding the content specifically that's on the portal and that you get every month, I really don't know of anywhere else that has access to this much information from a licensed psychologist and my team who are all experts in trauma-informed care, children, complex behavior, and mental and pediatric health. The content in the portal can almost be overwhelming, if I'm honest, because there's so much information on there. But it's really the community that you'll still stay with. You'll begin to meet other people who are also committed to doing this very important work. There are people literally from all over the country, and you get to hear from them and how they're doing it and how they talk about things and how they ask questions. Really, if I'm honest, it creates a lot less aloneness. And I got to tell you, that's really why I created this community. So if you will just indulge me for a moment, I want to tell you a story about why I created this community and why I'm committed to less aloneness. I call it my story of why. And if you've heard me speak in public speaking engagements, you will also recognize this as the Safeway parking lot moment. All right. Are you ready? So... I don't know. Do y'all remember like May of 2020? We are in the height of the pandemic. We are supposed to be back in community. We were promised that we would be back in our schools and in our jobs and with our people after Easter. Well, wah, wah, that did not happen. So here we are in May. And as a helper to a lot of healthcare organizations, physician groups, educational groups, and school systems, I was literally, for instance, talking with a group of school administrators when all of a sudden their phones started going off and all these alerts were happening back in March and they were being told that kids weren't going to be returning to school after spring break. 
So fast forward two months from there, as I'm helping all of the helpers, right? I'm, I'm helping triage, I'm helping support, I'm giving resources, I'm just trying to be um, a pillar of support and strength for all of these people that were struggling so, so desperately in the on the phone, in tears with me, on Zoom calls. And what happened by May is that I was emotionally exhausted. So my husband and I had gone in to get groceries and um, remember back then when there was no toilet paper and the shelves were bare and you had to decide which groceries you were in disinfecting when you got back into your car. Um, believe me, I'm not trying to like re-traumatize you in this moment. I'm just trying to bring you back to that moment, what it was like for me. So we get all of our groceries, we get back to the car, we take off our masks and I take a couple of deep breaths and I just start sobbing. And my husband, who is not a psychologist or feelings expert looks at me and he says, uh, aren't you supposed to know what to do right now with all of my overwhelmed feelings? And I just said, you know, I can't go home. I cannot go back to the four walls that we live in with our kids and our dogs. And I cannot be their teacher and their parent and their cook and their coach and their taxi. And I cannot watch one more Netflix and I cannot clean one more thing or organize one more thing. And if I see one more person doing a stinking puzzle, I'm going to lose it. And I'm just crying and crying. And he says to me, okay, let's, uh, let's get home. We've got a perishable food situation. And so he very sweetly uh, pulls the car out of the stall in the Safeway parking lot. And he begins to drive us home. And I just cry. And we get home and he takes the groceries inside and he tells me to wait in the car. And gratefully I do because I don't want to scare my kids with how emotionally sad and overwhelmed I am in that moment. And I'm not really sure what he said to my kids, but what I do know is that he got back in the car with me and he looked at me and he said, we're just going to drive. And so we drove all over the back roads around our house and he let me cry and talk about all the worries that I had, the worries for physicians that were working 70 hour weeks to try to figure out telehealth, the worries for teachers who couldn't find Wi-Fi for their students and didn't know which students were even connected or had access to laptops. And they were worried about five-year-olds being home by themselves because parents needed to work. And I just cried and I cried and I cried for those patients and I cried for those students and all of the professionals that were doing their very best to support children. And at a certain point, my husband said, why do you do this? You're exhausted. And he didn't say it as in a, like, you should quit. This is too much for you. He said it to help me find my purpose again. And as I was thinking about it and I was going back to way back to my residency, my first years working with kids and families, doing home visits, and now fast forward almost 20, 22 years later, I said to him, I just don't want people to feel alone. I don't want people to feel alone in their experiences. And that it was like a light bulb went off. Like if I can in these moments create less aloneness, 
or the professionals that work with kids and families, then they will feel less overwhelmed. They will feel less emotionally isolated. They will feel more resourced and supported. They will be in community with like-minded people who want to share and don't want to feel overwhelmed and don't want to carry all the burdens and want to be trauma-informed and want to be vulnerable and want to be fully human in spaces of community. That was my why. And that's why I've created these spaces of deep connection, learning together, and sharing resources. So I want all of you to know from the bottom of my heart, that's why I created these communities to have a lot less aloneness. Lots of other examples I could give from professionals who are in my learning collaboratives or who have come to talks that I've given. But let me share one in particular before we begin wrapping up for today. And it's a story about a physician who recently reached out. And he said to me, I'm really interested in working more with you and having our group work more with you. You know, we had this long two-day retreat for our healthcare center. And I don't think a lot of people remembered everything from our retreat, but they remembered what you told them about the difference between overwhelm and stress. And they remembered how you made them feel. And now I use this tool every day to help guide the people that I work with. And soon this group will be joining their own learning collaborative. I am so excited to welcome people in to part of a community where they feel welcomed and seen and heard. So in a future session, I will talk with all of you about another arm of my business called the Cards for Connection, which is really for those of you that are ready for a deep dive into ways we build resilience and mitigate stress and trauma. But at this point, I just want you to know about the Connected Collab. And maybe it's something that's intriguing to you. Maybe it feels like you're ready to be part of a meaningful community of champions who are really helping kids and families. In September, we're going to be hosting an invitation-only party called the Summer, the September Soiree. And you can learn more about Cards for Connection there, which, by the way, comes with six months free of the Connected Collab. So if you're a decision maker at your organization and you want to learn more about this, I want you to reach out to my team at info at dramyllc.com and we'll get you on the VIP list. But in the meantime, as we were reflecting on these circles of support, I want all of you to be connected and in community. If you don't choose my community to be part of, I absolutely respect that. But I want all of you to be in a community. I want all of you to have access to something like the Connected Club. I personally think, of course, the Connected Club is the place to be. If this is your jam and these are the things that you want to talk about, I want to have you in there. Next week, when you tune in, we'll be talking about our rollout of these collaboratives, as well as our podcast calendar, and you are in for a treat. Oh my gosh, my community relations manager and I have put together an entire content calendar for the whole year. We're going to talk about it next week. And as you know, the theme of this podcast is becoming a connected champion. So every month, we're going to focus on another system where we can increase connection for kids and families. And Gosh, we have worked so hard to create meaningful content to you. So, of course, September is naturally about education, but more on that next week. And holy cow, do we have some incredible guests lined up. In the meantime, again, I want you to sign up for a free Connected Collab meeting. Come join us, fall in love, see if it's for you. 
And if this podcast and everything that we're doing to become a connected champion feels like you and your people, will you please invite others? Either share the podcast with them or invite them to come to you to a connected cloud meeting. We are always better in community. All right. We'll see you next week. Bye for now, friends. Well, that's it, friends. If you like what you're hearing here, please download my free resource called 10 Guiding Principles to Nurture Connection and Help Children and Families Thrive. This is the most important medicine. Keep listening to other people's stories and let them transform you. And keep sharing yours because your humanity will heal others. Bye for now.